This is indeed a day of great rejoicing. For just as we heard St. Peter proclaim in the reading from the Acts of the Apostles, our Lord Jesus, who had gone about doing good, who had healed those oppressed by the devil, who had been falsely accused and put to death on Good Friday, and his dead body put into the tomb, on the third day conquered death itself and rose triumphant from the grave. And this was not only a victory for him, but for all of us, because he means this resurrection of which he is the first fruits. He means to bring every one of us into it. And so it is that I'm sure that many who are here today have their hearts completely full of joy. And yet, there may be others here today whose hearts are not so focused upon this event that we celebrate because your focus may be somewhere else. Because you, of course, are walking your own path through life. And who knows where you have been or where you know that you will be again soon after leaving this Mass. Perhaps you are excited about projects you're thinking of and thinking about them right now. Or perhaps you're worried. Worried about your family, about your children, your spouse, your parents. Maybe things are not going so well at work or in your neighborhood or your school. Maybe you're hurting or in pain. Maybe you're afraid of something. So it is that right now, that might be what you're focused on. That's what's holding your attention and your mind and your heart. Your own path. What's going on as you walk along? And if that describes you, then you are rather like the two disciples in this reading that we heard today. From Easter Sunday, but not at daybreak as so many of the readings are, but this one late in the afternoon, rather like right now. Where we find these two disciples leaving Jerusalem, going to a village not far away, Emmaus, seven miles away as we heard. And we find them downcast, disappointed, maybe even despairing. They had been hoping, hoping so much in our Lord Jesus, they had seen him accused, they had seen him killed, and now they were confused about what it was that they had heard the women saying. They didn't know what to make of it, but clearly it didn't seem to them like the truth. And so they were focused on all these terrible things the injustice, the accusation, the suffering, and their own disappointment. They were walking on their way, talking about these things, focused upon them when there was someone beside them. A man, someone they didn't recognize. Someone who they found was not at all focused on these things they were focused on. He seemed to them quite foolish. Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know about these things that have happened? How could anyone not know about these things? What things? And so they tell him. They tell him about these things that they have been so focused on and he didn't seem to be focused on them at all. And then what happens? He begins to explain those things to them. He, who didn't seem to be paying any attention, suddenly sheds all this light 
on their own lives, on the events of their own path to them, this mysterious visitor. Our Lord Jesus has been with you at every moment, and he is here now, truly risen beside you. Perhaps you have not seen him as your eyes have been focused on other things. Perhaps you have not recognized him when he was there. But he is there right now. He is here, truly risen, truly present with us, with you, upon your road. And did you notice when it was that these two disciples finally recognized who it was with them? It was when they had sat down at the table for the meal. And when he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. That is, when he again did what he did at that Last Supper, when he again celebrated the Eucharist, then they recognized him. And he is now doing for us what he did for them. He explained to them on the way the scriptures. And he is now explaining to us the scriptures, I hope, through my poor words. And very soon, he will again take bread and bless it and break it and give it to us, making it himself. They recognized him in the Eucharist. And we too can recognize him. He is always with us, everywhere, every time, present in His divinity, in His nature as God. But in the Eucharist, He is present not only in His nature as God, but also in His nature as man. Here, when we come to Mass, we have the chance to meet Him in the wholeness of His person, God and man, and to be with Him and perhaps to recognize him for the first time. And we notice that the two of them said to him, stay with us, for evening draws near. It's almost the end of the day. Stay with us, they said. The truth is that he's always with us. The question is, are we willing to stay with him? It's too often we who tend to go off in a different direction. And it is he who invites us to stay with him. Sometimes when I'm speaking to people who feel that they're far from God, I'll ask them to think back over the earlier parts of their lives and to think about at what point did you feel closest to him? When did you most feel his love? When did you most feel yourself in love with him? Pick out that time and then take a look at what was going on. And for different people, it's different things. Maybe it was a time when you were very much involved in a community of people who were very much living the Catholic faith. Maybe it was a time when you were regularly in classes learning about the faith. Your mind was constantly growing. Maybe it was sometime when you were coming regularly to Mass or going regularly on spiritual retreats. Maybe it was a time when you were going regularly to Eucharistic adoration. 
for different people, it's different times. But what is that time for you? And what was it that was going on? And then having noted that thing, I'll simply urge them, go back there again. If that's what was doing it for you then, then go and do that again. And probably the Lord will be ready to meet you there and to pick up the journey with you again. He has always been with you. But maybe you need to go back and be with Him again. We remember that time when He was speaking to His disciples and He said, Where I am going, you know the way. And St. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus replied, I am the way and the truth and the life. He has been with us on our way. But what about his way? What about the way that he is? Or, as we heard in that song, we heard a reference to a historical event of when the temple was being built and there was a particular large, very large stone which in the original construction, the builders decided we can't fit into our plans. And so they they left it there in a sort of refuse pile of extra stones they didn't use. This great big stone that didn't fit. The stone rejected by the builders. And there it sat for years. Until later, some later builders reconstructing the temple in a much greater and more glorious fashion decided that not only could they use that stone, they were going to make it the cornerstone of the new temple. It went there first, and then everything else fit onto it. And thus so often have Christians proclaimed, the stone rejected by the builders has become the cornerstone. And so it can be in your life. If Jesus, this great stone, as it were, has been there sitting to the side because he didn't fit into your early plans, maybe it's time to bring him in and reconstruct things and make him the cornerstone. Our Lord Jesus has always been with you on your way. Maybe it's time to accept his invitation to follow him on his way, to follow him on the way that truly he is.